We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Hannah Brown, and welcome to Better Tomorrow. My absolute favorite thing to do is have a heart-to-heart talk with my new friends and my best friends, where we sit down and talk about all the things like relationships and love, faith, and self-care. And of course, the little things as well, like the struggle to figure out what to eat tonight. All in all, I really want to ask, how am I better today than yesterday and bring artists, entrepreneurs, and friends along on the journey? So join me on the journey, will you? Hey, Pookie. Hey. <laughs> Pookie is looking straight fire today. Thank you. I have all my Valentine's Day red. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's early. Day. I love you. Love you back. This uh, episode is, is coming out on Valentine's Day. So uh, all the, we're talking all about love, our relationship. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today on Better Tomorrow. I've got my, my Pookie bear on. and You got your red shirt on i got my i love this red shirt it's pretty Absolutely cute right fire. i even <laughs> i even like i asked you i was like is it a little too much i'm wearing a heart necklace but it's like no it's for valentine's day it looks right i'm going all out yep um but yeah how are you i'm great I'm, it's it's been a minute since we uh were here last i know like we had just moved to nashville no i mean when we did our podcast no, we did a podcast after we got engaged. Oh, that was the most recent. That was the most recent. I don't know, my mind is going back to like starting the banking job, getting to Nashville. So much There's, has changed. So much has changed. <laughs> in wow. a good way. Yeah, in a really good way. Yeah. I feel like we are so in so much of a better place personally and as a couple, just like in our relationship than we were the last time that we were on here together. I agree. And it, it it didn't happen by chance. No. We're actually putting some work in. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to talk about that today because, you know, we got engaged at the in like kind of at the end of last year. And people are always asking, like, when's the wedding? What are you doing? And honestly, we aren't planning a wedding. 
We're not. No. Um, we really are, I feel like doing it the right way. Um, we're really focusing on getting ready for a marriage and kind of doing like supercharged premarital counseling, like super, supercharged. Yep. And really just like working on our relationship and how we communicate with each other, how we can really like be a 1% couple. Which is a big challenge. Yeah. Because as we've learned, 80% of couples are kind of doomed to fail and not, not so much as like get divorced, but fail in that they don't have what we call a secure attachment relationship. Yeah. No, we, we, um, started working with this, uh, therapist, couples therapist about end of what, what when did we start? December? Five weeks ago. Five weeks ago. Wow. Yep. Um, and she has really like opened our eyes to just like so much when it comes to relationships and how like there's a lot of work that you have to to put in to be a tw- like being that 20% of couples that actually have a not just like um what does she call like a um what are the ones that are like stable? I think a lot of times it's like people think just like having a stable relationship is good, but like having like actually like a secure, safe relationship is really a small amount of couples. And it takes a lot of work and a growth mindset to get there. And we just, I feel like we've been taking so much knowledge in and really like now trying to like put action behind it. So we kind of wanted to talk to you guys about all that we've learned and we are by no means experts in this. Like it's been five weeks, <laughs> but we've put in a lot of hours and had a lot of like really awesome conversations and have started putting in action steps. And I think we've already been able to see like a big difference. Cause I do feel like in five weeks we are feeling like closer than ever, more connected and really realizing how similar we are. I think for a while we felt like we were so different and I feel like maybe that manifested in different ways, but Mm -hmm. really the like some of our insecurities in relationship are really, really similar. And it's been cool to be able to realize how we can show up better for each other. Um, So yeah, I, I feel like, why I wanted to talk more about this openly is because, and I'm interested to think what y- you thought as well, but like whenever you hear people doing like therapy, just in general, like therapy for yourself, mm-hmm. don't, like it, it seemed like, oh, there must be something going on. But when you hear people, like people or like a couple is in therapy, you're like, oh, they must be on the brink of like, it's bad. Yep. And I feel like one thing that I like, really feel strongly about is really believing that it should be a norm that people start working on their relationship before they have to actually save it and really starting to talk more about that because um it's it's been interesting when I tell people yeah we were in therapy for this many hours people are like oh great something must be horribly wrong But like we're having these really long sessions and then going to 
lunch and dinner together and be feeling like so connected. So it's just really been oh, so life-giving for us. And yeah. I want people to like talk about that more because I feel like it's getting better. I feel like people are realizing how important like learning how to communicate is for and understand ourselves, but also in relationship, but more about just like how how important it is to be proactive in your relationship. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the stigma is, you know, slowly changing. I think you hear, like you said, couples therapy and couples that are in couples therapy, you think there must be something totally wrong, but it can be preventative. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're doing things now before marriage so that we don't have these kind of issues when we're married. And, and it's, it's like, it's locked in. We're married. Yeah. Like we have to make it work. So why not be proactive and start getting to the root of some of our challenges, both individually and as a couple, so that we can grow into marriage. Yeah. Like, don't you feel like people, when they think of engagement, it's like happy, like, oh my God, that's the best time ever. But then as soon as you get into a marriage, you always hear like the first year of marriage is so hard. And, you know, you become roommates and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, what if we flip the script in our first year of marriage? It's awesome. And we kind of have all those harder conversations now so that like when we do get married, when we do have our wedding, like it truly is just like a full celebration of what we're going into and yep. just like a full representation of like what our, what like the life that we've created with each other. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of pressure for us. It's like, as soon as we got engaged, it's like, when's the wedding? When's it going to happen? And that created so much anxiety. For a lot me. of anxiety, a lot of pressure, just a lot of just like, like we got to get this done. We got to start planning. We got to give people a date. And like, even, even the little posts I put out today of like me, I'm going to be on the podcast. What questions do you have? I got so many questions of like, when's the wedding? Mm -hmm. And like, we're going to be, when that comes, I'm excited to share for it. For sure. But one thing I really realized about myself is, you know, I kind of felt a little bit of shame that I had like anxiety when it, when we got engaged because everybody thinks like that's like such a happy season and it should be like all these feelings. But learning a lot of my own, I don't think it's actually just me, but a lot of times when there's commitment jumps in a relationship, whether that's engagement, moving marriage, in together, moving in together, getting a dog, getting a dog having babies. When there hasn't been some of this, you know, it, when there's not a full secure attachment, sometimes that can be where you start to feel like a friction in a relationship. Yeah, foundation and, starts to break. Yeah, and it yep. starts, you You can see like, you know, the, okay, there's something like deeper here. And I think I felt that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't because like anything that, like I felt connected to you and I, I loved you. I do love you, but there was something that really I needed to work on and I needed to realize how I could like really show up in our relationship better and how we could like really be able to show up for each other. So. And the more that we learn about attachment styles and like how we're both avoidant yeah, and how those like big life events together can kind of cause both of us to like push away yeah. from each other. Yeah. That was like one thing that, um, 
just like what our therapist kind of is rooted in is that like relationship issues have to do with attachment theory and trying to understand like, you know, there's, there's two types of attachments. There's either insecure or secure, but like in insecure, there's avoidant and anxious. And it really doesn't matter which one you are. I think it, it, it can help to to know which one you are, but you're still insecure. Right. The goal is to get from insecure to secure, Secure. regardless of if you were avoidant or anxious to be that 20%. But just from us being able to, we've been doing this work. We are both very avoidant. So we realize that a lot of times, like when there is friction, um, I tell my friends that I've told my friends this and they're like, well, this is weird. Like we don't really get in like fights, but the reason we don't get in fights is because we're both so avoidant. <laughs> we just, I stuff it down. You remove yourself. Yeah. Until it gets to a place like we've just stuffed it down so far that we can come back and it's like we're over it, but it still needs to be addressed. And so we've been learning so much about how to show up for each other in those times like uh, our therapist, which I will definitely have. She has to be on the podcast. She's going to have to be on the podcast. With both of us. And maybe, maybe Ryan. Yeah. Her husband. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. But she's just... Honestly, like a godsend has, I mean, she's, she's changed her life. Can already. we say her name? We can, but I, I, you kind of want to keep her close. I want to keep her close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scare her away yet. No, I just, I think it'd be great for her to be able to tell her whole spiel for because, sure. yep. as we've said, we've learned a lot, but we're I five want weeks her, in, so we're yeah. experts, certified experts. I want her to be able to like fully tell like what she does and what she's doing, but this is just us kind of like, sharing what's really hit for us, but she's really helped us try to start having these conversations for when, not that we're getting in an argument, but when like a story has, it's in our head, she calls it the story script. So I feel like people have heard this before, but like when people say like the story I'm telling myself, instead of just being like, he's an asshole, he's this, he's that. It's like the story I'm telling myself is that when you did this thing, it made me feel this way. And then being able to do that in a calm manner and then allowing the other person to reassure and affirm our feelings, but then also kind of like share where that was coming from. And to be able to have this type of conversation has been huge. Huge, huge for us. Yes. Huge for really anybody. Yes. She says that that's like the one thing that like has saved the marriages that that she has worked with that she says the the one thing they're like, if there was anything, if we can only pick one thing from what you shared, shared with us that like has helped us so much is like understanding the story script because it's small things. And it yep. feels so dumb at first to be like, like one of our story scripts was about me with the curtains. He didn't hang up these <laughs> curtains, but it's small and you feel like, Oh, like I shouldn't even say anything about this. But it's coming from, there's always a story under the story. There's a lot underneath. Yeah. Because in, it, in the story, you know, it can, it can go on for, for a long, t- the story can be long, but it can go on for a long time. Yeah. And it just builds and builds. Yeah. And we found the underlying meaning behind why you were so hurt by me not putting up the curtains when you wanted it. Yeah. Done. And it was like, oh my gosh, there is way more to your 
and it made you sense. being upset and it made complete sense. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, so like this means a lot to you. That's great to know. And I'm so glad. So like when we do the story script, <laughs> let's tell them about it. So like we I, have I a piece it. of paper. We have literally a piece of paper. A, my script, person A and person B. And we go through it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's blanks where we fill in the blanks. Like this is what happened. This is how it made me feel. These are the the emotions that came up. And this is what I need reassurance from you for. And it's very vulnerable. And we both realize because of just being a little bit more like feeling like dismissed sometimes or like just unseen, unseen yeah. that it's really hard for us to show up as the person a that says like, Hey, when he didn't hang the curtains, because like, it's vulnerable to be able to say like, this hurt me. And it's making me feel like she gives us like a word bank to even help. And I'm so glad we have the word bank to even like put words to how we're actually feeling. And I feel like that's so many people. That's probably been one of the biggest realizations that I've had. And I really want to talk about like the big realizations we've each had, but like with Adam and even like the anxiety and stuff that I have, a lot of times I don't have words for it. Like I know I have a need that's not being met. But you just default default to like anxiety. Yes. Yeah. But there is actually a need. And a lot of times I'll make myself, I'll say, and I've got to work on this even for you guys. Like I'll be like, I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. There's a need that needs to be met. I do need to work on needing, um, learning how to really uh, know what my needs are. And that comes from working on my self-esteem, which I've been like really diving into. Like that's been one of my biggest realizations is like, when you don't have high self-esteem and a lot of people might think, oh my gosh, Hey, I would think you'd have high self-esteem. Like because of some of the, the situations that I put myself in and your achievements and, and my yeah. achievements, but like even getting to the root of that, it's like a lot of the situations I've put myself in, I didn't actually have autonomy because if I had autonomy over myself, that would mean I could have like self-trust and I don't have self-trust. And when you don't have that self-efficacy and worth established within yourself. Like obviously that creates so many problems of just like your personal life. But when it goes into your relationship, there's so many times that there's all these confirmation biases that I have about my worth and who I am that I'm going to continue patterns of proving that right rather than being happy and realizing that like happiness, anxiety is a real thing because it doesn't if it doesn't match the story that I've told myself about who I am and that has been so Ooh. big now do I have like mm, all the tools and like have I fully like rewired that part of my brain absolutely not but being able to fully like see the big picture of it and like the roots underneath and where all that comes from has been I mean, I have four-hour therapy sessions. <laughs> Let's go, Pookie. But it's been it's been really cool and um, eye-opening to be able to like see that not only that like we have to work together, but like we're both doing our own individual work, and then being in a space and learning how to share that with each other in a way that like the other person can be there and support. And, and allow you to feel seen. Cause like that, I feel like for a little while I was like, I've been in therapy for a long time and I maybe would uncover something, 
but I didn't know how to actually tell you and you didn't know how to show up and make me feel seen and safe for sharing that. So then I would either pull back or feel so misunderstood. And I want to say one thing. I know I'm just like, I feel like I'm on a roll. No, you're killing it. Like I said, I've been in therapy for a long time and I feel like I've read so many books and so many things. And I remember when we went to our first therapy session, I said, I'm just like kind of over therapy. And it's not that I don't think that it was good. And I don't think that my therapists in the past were bad. I think they were great human beings and had wanted to help me. But I do feel like there is a little bit of, um, there could be some work in the system of how people like in therapy, just in general, like there's a lot of passive therapy. Like we, our therapist has talked about this. She is not passive at all. And some people would like, not like that, but she's really like, it's immersive therapy and it's helped in five weeks so much. But I just want to say to people who are feeling like where I felt like five weeks ago, five, I said five, five months, weeks. Yeah. yeah. Five weeks is like, you are not, um, broken, Mm-mm. you're not damaged, and it is not you. And you are you're just you just don't have the right help yet. And it's okay to switch therapists. It's okay to find a different route. There are there are some books that are not helpful. And I know that feeling when like you read a book and you close it and you're like, my Bill actually like shit still. So <laughs> that was great. But I don't know how to apply this to my life. I know what it like what it's like to go to a therapy session that's a 40-minute therapy session and feel like I've just like opened up this wound. And now I'm when the it it hit minute 39. Oh, time's up. Time's up. Sorry. And it's like I feel so open and exposed. And feeling and like, what- oh, I feel worse than I did when I left. Like, I know what that feels like. And I just like want, and I know not just what that feels like, but what that, what stories you start playing in your head of like, oh, this just might not work for me. It's just got to be me. It's, it has to be me. And yeah, it's, I'm it is not. And I wish everybody could have our therapist, but also I think there, are, there is help out there, but you can change. You can, you can find somebody who can help you and give you the right help and you're not broken. And that's been the, like the, one of the biggest, that's a big aha moment yeah. that you're not broken. You're yeah. not defective. You just haven't had the right help. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What do you feel like has been like a big realization? I feel for like you? I've had more aha moments in the last five weeks than I have in a long time. Because about me and about us. Yeah. But like, I also, we, you can kind of tell, we've kind of talked about this in our, our other podcast together, but like, we've both done our own type of work, but this is your first time to really fully go into therapy. You had started going to therapy. Like you had like one or two sessions before we decided to do couples, but you had put yourself into fully submerge yourself into a lot of different things that were kind of helping mask everything. So like, how has this been different than some of the other ways that you've tried to like, I would say cope? Yeah. So in terms of, you know, I, I got really big into meditation. I got really big into yoga. Um, all of that 
was kind of a way for me to. You've read all the books. I re- I've read a lot of books. <laughs> so many books. I just went on this endless journey of searching for purpose, but also just like running away from um, potential disappointment. So I was I was in a very serious relationship beginning of college. I got cheated on. It didn't work out. I felt very just like rejected and abandoned. And that that plays a lot to my attachment story. So like I'm an avoidant attachment style. So that means I pull away whenever I feel like I'm going to be abandoned. So that has kind of played throughout my life. And it played out in college when I got broken up with and got my heart broken. It played out um, when I left my banking job uh, the first time. I felt rejected. You know, I I was given a job at the new bank, but it was kind of like, you know, here's this, this is what we have. It's not what you really want. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't need that. And then I went on this like endless search for meaning and purpose in this world. And that involved a lot of masking my emotions in terms of, you know, doing yoga every single day, meditating for hours on end, um, kind of holding myself up in, in my studio apartment in both Dallas and in Chicago before I made it to LA. And like, I didn't, I, I hung with friends every now and then, but I, I like walled myself up so that one, I couldn't get hurt and two, so I couldn't hurt somebody else. So like my relationships with women were very just kind of surface level. I didn't let it go too far to where I could hurt them or, or vice versa. Um, so the big aha with, for me was like, you got to get to the root of like what's happening, mm-hmm. what's going on inside that's causing you to be this avoidant and to avoid um, sharing anything about your life with another individual. Then, yeah. So, but then how did you get to me and be able to like even, because I feel like to an extent you opened up, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are. And I feel like you were definitely like you pursued me quite a bit at the beginning. For but sure. what if like what do you feel like was happening there? Like what have you learned in therapy from that? Well, coming into a relationship with with someone who's so well known, it was it, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure to be buttoned up, to be perfect, to be to to make it seem like I had everything together. Because if I didn't, then the fear of abandonment would really come up because I was so exposed. It was like, everybody can see me in my relationship now. And that felt very unsafe. So what I did was put on this mask of like invincibility of, of like being your rock and, and never, never showing weakness. Um, having it all together, always being perfect, obviously not perfect, but, striving for perfection so that you wouldn't see the real me and abandon me. Mm -hmm. And then that rejection that comes with it being public was a lot to bear. But what I've found in therapy is that in terms of attachment, like you can't, you can't relate to perfection. You can't relate to this robotic atom that I kind of created as a self-protecting mechanism. 
And once I started sharing in therapy, once I started like really being vulnerable, and I've said this so many, I hate the word vulnerability because I think it's overused, but vulnerability is so important. Mm -hmm. Well, because people don't really know it. I mean, I, I feel like vulnerability is also overused. And I, I know people would say to me, I remember like somebody that was on my team would be like, your vulnerability is your superpower. And I was like, yes, it is. But really, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. But it actually wasn't because I didn't actually know what the definition of being vulnerable is. And I feel like our therapist has made it really clear, like being vulnerable, it's feeling and being safe and seen at the same time. There's a lot of times I felt safe and there's a lot of times I felt seen. But at the same time, I've now had moments, but that was also like a huge revelation of like, yep. I don't think I've ever felt that. And like, I love you. I know you've supported me, but I think sometimes where I felt like you've seen me and seen me at my weakest, I still didn't fully feel safe. Yep. But, it, and then sometimes I felt safe, but I wasn't fully showing the deep roots of everything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So like I, I went on this like masculine feminine polarity kick and. I don't want you to say kick because I feel like you did learn a lot. I learned it. I learned a yeah. lot. Yeah. I'm not, I'm and not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but in terms of a relationship, mm -hmm. if you don't, if you kind of like, go with the idea of like, I need to keep this masculine frame. I need to not show emotion. I need to not share. I need to keep it all together. Then the connection will not be there because you can't connect to someone who doesn't share fears, doubts, emotions, um, realness mm -hmm. because I wasn't being real. I was like, yes, I was listening to you. I was holding space for your vulnerabilities, but I wasn't reciprocating it in any way. You know, I gave you just enough to like, okay, he's showing me a little bit yeah. here, but. It, I mean, y'all, he didn't tell me about, like, he wouldn't talk about his past relationships with me. He wouldn't talk about. Because it, that would, that would expose a. A weakness or insecurity. Insecurity of myself. Yeah. And then maybe I would question something about you or. Yep. You're defective. Yeah. I'm going to abandon you. Like that was the story that played in my mind. But what I feel like we've learned from this like having these conversations is like kind of what Adam's saying. Like for me, I felt like cuckoo, cuckoo crazy <laughs> <laughs> because I, I got to a point. It's just with everything that like I couldn't fake it anymore. So like, I, I was like, <laughs> I am such a mess, but if think about like, if when you're like, I'm feeling so bad. You're crying. And then somebody just is like rubbing your back going there, there. And you know, they're like trying, like <laughs> they're trying to be there. And you're like, you don't feel this at all. And But they're just like kind of uncomfortable, but you know, they're trying. So they can't be like mad at them because like they're doing their best. And then you'd be like ungrateful because at least you have somebody that's like rubbing your back and patting you. That's sometimes how I felt is like Adam really did show up perfectly. Like you were, you're, you're always there for me, but there's always a story under the story. And a lot of times you would like 
be able to console me in a point that I could be like, he consoled me. He's here for me. But it was like that connection of being able to feel like, oh, like you felt the way I felt before or like, oh, you still you struggle with these fears of abandonment or not being good enough or um, being unlovable or a burden like that is what connects someone. And I feel like a lot of men struggle with this of like being able to like show up for their partner um, because of like what is being reiterated to men from the very beginning it's like get up wipe 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 off your your all the dirt and get up don't cry don't show emotion be strong and like yes like be strong but like actually what has what will connect you to your partner more is being able to show up for her and and show yourself too. And there's there's so much strength in being seen. Yeah. And being seen and making connection because of it. Because vulnerability actually is a superpower when you know how to do it. Yep. And that will make you like that superhero. Mm-hmm. Where my engaged girls, congrats. You're engaged, so am I. Now you may be like me wondering what's next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. Zola has everything you need to plan your wedding in one place, including venue options and all your vendors. Plus, you can get designs, save the dates and invites, build a free wedding website, create your registry and stay on track and on budget throughout the entire process with their free planning tools. Zola has created everything you need to make the whole process super easy and hopefully actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on the couch. Look, I have just now opened the can of worms of all that is wedding planning, but I'm so thankful for Zola because it can help make wedding planning so much easier for all of us engaged girlies. We need to be having fun. We need to be excited. It doesn't need to be a stressful process. And I feel like Zola can really help us engaged girlies enjoy this time of our life because we are celebrating the love that we have created and this beautiful new chapter in our life. And we do not need to be crying over napkins and invitations. So Zola's got us covered. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. There have been many times in my life where I really thought I could trust my gut, but I definitely shouldn't have. Definitely with a lot of those exes in the past, um, when it comes to that low fuel flashing light on my car, I just always think that it's not really serious. Trust me, it is. I've been on the side of the road way too many times. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. Ritual has made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. All in one minty capsule and no refrigerator needed. I love my Symbiotic Plus. I take it every day. It is, it's great because it's got all the biotics in it um, for my probiotic. I feel like it's just 
really helping my gut in all the ways. And actually, Ritual even invested in a study modeling the human colon, which showed that Symbiotic Plus significantly increased the microbial diversity and the growth of beneficial bacteria. We love that. We love when the thing's actually doing the work that we need it to for our gut. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Hannah B. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Hannah B for 25% off. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your own power, and build towards summer you. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's classes to get your body moving. Peloton has a range of class types to fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class, need some grounding, try yoga. If you want to level up, go to the Pilates or hit workouts. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I love Peloton. I feel like Peloton was what really helped me stay consistent um, with moving my body the past few years when some times, um, whether it was a pandemic or an injury or health stuff going on that sometimes would limit the way that I would normally like routinely work out that I was moving my body a little bit every day and also diversifying depending on what my needs were at the time. There was a lot of time where I couldn't have this super high intensity workout and just needed some help of how can I move my body with what I have right now? Maybe the limitations I have. I feel like Peloton just has something for everyone um, at any level and at any time and season in your life. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. What else have we learned? Oh, compatibility. Yes. Yeah. So I actually talk about this a little bit in my book, my first book, um, about me re- recognizing like the people that I had like these crazy sparks with as I like was writing about my life. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> these all are interesting because these all didn't end up very like they didn't turn out very well and kind of already putting together that like a lot of that spark feeling was anxiety. But our our therapist really gave us more like science backing that and then also just like um, clarity of like what what makes a relationship last work like what is important like is chemistry is sparks are they are they important or is it something that you disregard what even is compatibility and like one of her truths that she says um that I feel like I've really clung to and it's been a big realization for me is um compatibility is an achievement not a precursor because there's so many people And I know like when I was single or when I see my friends being single, like single, there's so many times we like count people out because you didn't feel this certain thing or they didn't like match this certain part of you or you didn't. I didn't get butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. And compatibility is really something that you have to work on and not just like 
understanding that like sparks equal anxiety, but it actually is like a familiarity. Do you remember her talking about like we get our definition or we are like we know what love is from what love meant in our childhood? And if the love we feel doesn't match what we felt when we were a child, then we'll reject them. But if it feels like that love, that's when they, we have like the strongest connection mm-hmm. chemistry the sparks. And, and the sparks. And look, I first want to say like, I know I love my parents and I know they love me and I know you love your parents and we love your parents and they love you, but we all have childhood wounds and our parents are, were imperfect and they didn't always show up the way we needed them to. And I know in my house there was, Love would was um, chaotic and not always safe, <laughs> not safe, and um, was kind of sometimes a gambling she- machine. Sometimes there was, sometimes not. It wasn't always steady, and so a lot of the relationships that I felt that they they were the ones that I felt like, oh my gosh, we just have this intense chemistry and it's just palpable, and but. It makes so much sense. I'm like, yes, because that, even though they didn't have the characteristics of my parents, maybe we didn't, those feelings were the same feelings that I had when it came to like feeling loved, recognized, valued, um, seen as a child. And so you have to kind of like make the choice. And sometimes it's like a subconscious choice. We are pulled to well, if you don't do the work, like you're pulled to subconsciously choose what's familiar. And we're always like, if you do that, you're not going to be your parents. You're going to be like a little bit better version of your parents. But with Adam, you are so unfamiliar. I do not. That's not the way our love is at all or how you show up for me. So like, it, I, got, I was a little confused at first. And we I've talked about that in, in podcasts past, but like what compatibility is something that you work on? And you grow together. And if you both have a growth mindset, which we both have, like that's when you can have an amazing, like amazing love. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you, you kind of said it all. That was, that was great. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of admiring you when you were saying all that. Um, but it's so true. I think compatibility is definitely something that you can work toward and achieve. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that necessarily needs to be there right off the bat and to feel all that, those anxiety and anxious emotions. And, yeah. Um, because what we've learned is that in order to like rewire and not become like our parents, parents are great, um, to have a love that we are like really, really proud of, mm-hmm. we have to start rewiring our brain. We have to start making mismatches. and. What are mismatch moments? Do you want to explain the mismatches? Do you want me to? Kind of. Because you're like, because you got to make them more. So mismatch <laughs> moments. So we're learning, like like I just said, like we uh, get our definition of love from our childhood. A lot of us want to change that. We don't want to have the same exact relationship as our parents. We We want to be better. We have... I mean, I feel like we're the first generation that's really had the information to change too. I think our parents did like the very best they could, but like 
nobody was talking about attachment theory or it's sharing your emotions. So we're wanting to be better. And so we have to learn how to like rewire our brain and she, we'll have her on and she'll explain all the actual like scientific actual stuff that's going on in the brain. But basically there are certain ways that we can like work to rewire that part of our brain. And like, mostly it's, it's reps doing all these things over and over and over again and putting in the work that I feel like we've been doing and making it really intentional. But one of these things is like a mismatch detector that she says. Um, and so like one of like our homework is to create mismatch moments for each other. And it'll, it helps us rewire that like, you know, love is constant or, um, Hey, like, like for both of us, especially for me, like sometimes physical touch, I'm like, get away from me. But learning how like a mismatch moment would be me like really leaning into Adam and giving him like a little bit of a longer hug than I normally would. And like really allowing for that when you're in a hug to like rest in somebody's arms, um, that would be like a mismatch moment. Or when Adam walks to the door, like dropping everything to like welcome him in instead of like, <laughs> I feel like when you probably walk in the door, I like have my hair on the side of my head. I'm like doing four things at one time and I'm like trying to make dinner. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. but like really like taking the time to like be present um what would you what would you say is another mismatch moment i think that's the only two we've learned so far but no oh, like, like more like the, a, the notes notes yeah like making out just like hey i'm th- yep hey i'm thinking about you yeah you're you're not a burden your anxiety is not too much for me yeah and just like reaffirming the new story that we're creating for ourselves. Yeah. Well, we, our homework also was like send each other texts at like certain times when we're not together to just reassure and to help continue to change and rewire the story that we both like have thought was true about ourselves. So that's kind of like the small but big things that we do to really connect. Yeah, it's been going great. It's been going so great. Like I It's energizing. I thought I thought 4-hour therapy sessions were going to be draining. And yes, I mean you get tired every now and then. But like I feel energized after them. I'm like we are making some serious progress. Yes. In actually changing our relationship for the better. Yeah. But also like changing ourselves individually and making ourselves just more lovable yeah. and like be- just better people. And and like we've had some really emotional like hard conversations in front of each other that, that we normally w- wouldn't have and like really breaking down both emotionally and it's so weird because a lot of times I f- you feel like so embarrassed or upset or like what is the other person thinking? But that is when we have both felt the most like attached and I feel like in love with the other person when you see them like doing this really hard thing and really going into like the basement of all the things that you are ashamed of or and there's a lot there's a lot down in that basement (laughs) I have been shoving stuff down in my basement for a long time that's why we have four hour sessions but it's been so cool to be able to watch your person go there and to feel all those feelings and then to like start rewriting that. And then 
out of the session see how they're showing up differently for not just you, but for themselves. It's been so cool. Yep. And I'm just like so excited that we're doing this together. And, you know, the wedding planning will come. And I think it's going to be so much more fun now. hundred percent. It's it's going to be the best. It's a, It's almost like it almost hurts to think about like if we didn't start this and we started wedding planning, it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be the same. It wouldn't be the same. So I love you. Love you back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been in a really awesome season, but also a season that has been pretty stressful. There's been a lot going on. Um, I can see where some of those things that really keep me grounded. Um, I have not been able to make time for and not know how to do that. And so it's been weighing on me a little bit. And look, we all carry around different stressors that can be big or small, but when we keep them bottled up and don't talk about like what's going on in our life, it can really affect us negatively. So therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest to really talk about what you're going through and figure out a way to work through whatever that is that's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no just charge if like you're just not feeling that connected with somebody you can always try it again get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash tomorrow today to get 10% off your first order that's betterhelp help.com slash tomorrow although I'm not there yet myself I know a lot of you listening have children and want to set up your child for success so IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have had IXL when I I was going through school because I really needed that extra help just to like get things implemented into my brain so that I could really know what I was learning and not just be like, I don't know, I had a good memory, but I don't think I actually learned something, but that's really through repetition. And I feel like IXL is wonderful for that. I think this is such a wonderful product for anybody who's like just struggling with a topic or just trying to get ahead, study for a test. It really can help in so many ways. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Hannah B. Visit IXL.com slash Hannah B to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. Well, we asked some questions or we asked on my social media and you asked on your social media too, like for you guys to send in some questions. So Andrew, producer Andrew is going to pick some random ones and we're going to answer them as best as we can. Like we said, we're five weeks in pros, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys do sound like pros though. That was a really cool conversation. Oh, oh I'm so Yeah, glad. I feel like I learned a lot. Nice. I'm excited. Well, to like we've learned. Like we, I think it, it's really exciting to like 
share something that has been so impactful for us with other people. Like totally. There's like just a passion behind it because we're like, oh my gosh, like our lives have changed so quickly and so deeply from just having the right information. And like, we've always loved sharing things that work for us, but usually it's like a gadget or something <laughs> or like, or like a new drink. Sure. But now this, more this, hair is, care, you know, this but, is just yeah. so, it's so much more transformative that I think it really gets us going and it, it like energizes us to, to speak about it and to like tell people about it. Yeah. Cause I think we both felt so much shame for being like, wait, we love each other. Like I, I found my person. I want to make this work, but there's still like some stuff here. And do I just like press it? Do we just shove it down? Cause we're like good for each other. But like, I think that's how a lot of people feel sometimes. Yep. And to be able to be in a place where it feels, I feel like in five weeks, like confident enough to start sharing our story. And like, of course there's things that like we'll continue to share once like we feel more comfortable in doing this work. But yeah, I, it's like, what I would want. I, I would want to know that like, first of all, like I'm not alone for like needing help and knowing that there's ways that even though, I've chosen my partner. He's awesome. I'm awesome. But there's ways that we can learn to communicate and be able to make our relationship the 20% because unfortunately the statistics are not great and not I don't want to be statistic. And like you, as a, as a couple, you can check all the boxes. Like you can both have a great job. Mm. You can both be, you know, somewhat fulfilled, you know, alone. Um, you can have a great family or the great upbringing. And then there's just something there that just like not allowing you guys to connect. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of started feeling that, you know, in the last, last couple of months leading up into, into therapy and like uncovering all of that was like, that was the missing piece. Mm -hmm. Like we really had to get, get down in there and like clear all that out before we could like fully, fully connect and show up for each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. I feel like it's inspiring to see that it can happen in, you know, just over a month. You can make like legitimate progress. I feel like the fear of therapy, especially couples therapy, is like, oh, I'm embarking on a journey that's going to be six months before we're able to like actually feel like we accomplished something. And most therapies probably would take that long. And that's if yeah. not longer. But that's what our therapist says. She's like, we're not going to be doing this for six months. Now, like we said, we're having long sessions, Sure, but it's immersive and she is like there with us in it. And it's like, we're not going to be in the same place. I mean, in th like we said, in the amount of time, how much we've shifted, that is, that would have not been possible with a once a week, 40 minute session. It just wouldn't sure. have been, um, unless you're doing a lot of work outside. And I do think you could do that. Cause like, look, I know we're super privileged, privileged to be able to do what we're doing. Like therapy is expensive and there should be like better access. Like that's a whole soapbox. But I think the importance is like when two people, um, in the relate, like the two people in the relationship are both like, we're, we we want to do this. We want to figure this out. You can find the help and there are workbooks and there are things you can do. And when I do have our therapist on, she like even has like on like online courses and things mm. that she does that are the exact things we're doing. So yep. I just want her to explain it all before I share. But yep. um, 
yeah, I think, I think it's really important and it can change quickly. Yeah. Let's get into some questions. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first one you kind of mentioned your default is anxiety Mm -hmm. and how does Adam support you when you're feeling especially anxious? I mean, I think the way that he's showing up different is just saying um, that I'm not a burden because that's one of my big stories is that like my mental health and um, not being okay and not being able to put on the show anymore sometimes is such a burden for other people. And that's in all my relationships, I feel like, but especially with my partner sometimes I feel like, why would he want, you know, my story was like, why would somebody want to be with me? Like, I need to push him away to save him. And so the way that he's been supporting me even more than he already was, because I felt like you were showing up for me, but reminding me that my anxiety is not a burden to you. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a two-step process. It's, you know, holding space for your anxiety and for your worries, your doubts, and and just being there while you're telling me about it. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, it's reassuring that, you know, what you're feeling is valid. What you're feeling makes sense to me. And like validating you and being like, oh my gosh, I can totally see why you would feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of the time I can, I'm like, it and makes sense why you would say, feel that way. That That's been the other key is like you being able to say that shifted is that you um, will now be like, I know what that feels like, or I've felt that sadness before, or, and then sharing a little bit of your, of yourself when I'm in like my vulnerable messiness that you, you're saying, not that I'm asking you to fully go there with me and be a blubbering mess, but to remind me that like you have felt all these feelings before too. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's my thing. Sharing more. Mm Mm-hmm. Sharing just to share. Yeah. Because that's how we connect. Yeah. And that's not what I did growing up. No. Hmm. Next. <laughs> so you guys in the very beginning were talking about when you, you're avoidant. Mm-hmm. And so when you would, an argument would start to come up, you both kind of have your own way of avoiding that argument. How have you learned to have productive arguments? We, that's still something, I'll say, still something that we're learning of how to have actually have an argument disagreement um it's funny we were talking about this a little bit lat was it last night like we both have been in relationships where we have had fights yeah so it's interesting that we've got we both gotten to this place where we don't really have arguments um can i say what i I think it is yeah i would love for you to i think because we're both avoidant that's what we did in the past we would just avoid the confrontation but i think now that we're being more secure in our relationship and we're still avoidant i think we're just both more mature now Mm -hmm. that we we can see it kind of building up and we can we can kind of regulate inside and then have a conversation the story script the story script the story script the story script is huge because it it almost like puts the other so like if i say Babe, we need to do the story script. So I'm person A and I'm, I have something going on inside that I need to get out. Whenever I grab that story script, it almost puts her nervous system like at ease. Mm-hmm. It almost makes her calm and like, okay, we're about to talk about something that's serious 
and that we both need to be present for. And we both want to work through it. Like we're not wanting this to turn into something festering, festering. Like we want to, we want to do it right now. And I think that's another, like just another part of it is not letting it go. And even if it feels small and stupid, We've learned that there is no small and small no, because yeah. they can eventually get too big and serious. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we it, both need that. So there's nobody else that's like rolling their eyes. It's like, all right, I, I don't know where this is going, but like, obviously this is bothering you and we would both rather it not turning to something big and... And like, and, yeah. we, and when we grab the story script now, it's almost exciting. It's like, yeah. Ooh, what you got for me? <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, it's not, it's you not just this got big, triggered, scary huh? <laughs> animal elephant in the room. It's, it's like, Ooh, this can be fun. Yeah. Okay. So two follow-up questions. How do you know when it's time to do like the story script? Is there like, if I'm understanding correctly, you're feeling a certain type of way inside mm-hmm. that you haven't expressed Yep. and then you initiate that and you guys walk through like so an example is sometimes when something's festering we'll both make like some type of like joke about it and the therapist asked us about she's like one thing we haven't talked about is your dog and we started talking about i was like yeah well wally likes him more and he goes yeah i guess he does yeah he does and i immediately was like you're an asshole and she was like, whoa. <laughs> like, what? There's something, I think there's something there. And <laughs> I know. She's like, why did you just call him asshole? And I'm like, I don't know. But it's because I feel like I can't always show up for Wally the way Adam does. And Wally also represents kids in the future. And it's like actually this deep thing of me feeling like, I can't show up the way that I need to show up. And therefore, if something were to happen with me and Adam, Wally would choose him. If we had kids, um, the, the, I wouldn't actually be a good mother. Like, hmm. it's actually this deep thing. Wow. So recognizing- so that, that's her story. So that's my story that I don't feel like I'll be able to show up the way that I need to for my children or that I, so, and if I can't even take care of a dog, then how would I ever be able to have kids? Like it's wow. so there. So grabbing the story script, we are breaking that story down, destroying it. And then I'm basically validating her and reassuring her that that's a valid, you know, feeling to have. Valid feeling, but also that like Wally loves me. And yeah. if when Wally needs comfort and like wants mm-hmm. to like, when we're going to bed at night, he lays by me. But like, like Wally loves playing with Adam because Wally, like, I mean, because Adam will really get in there with Wally, and like, that's not really my, yeah. Thing. Everybody has something. To, you both yeah. have something to offer. And, and so, it was so healing. But it's kind of like, <laughs> obviously, I reacted with "You're an asshole" after he just said something like was agreeing with me. So when you're at home and you're not in therapy, and it's like that emotion comes up or an emotion like that, mm-hmm. you have to have the awareness to say, I got to get the story script because there is something, there's layers to this that I have to now explain. Yes. Not even correct. the awareness, but like also the the courage to say. Sure. Yeah. But I will say like, um, we wouldn't have been able to do that without Jordan, you know, 
And we're still like, we're fumbling around with the story script. We have not figured this yeah. out. It, there's still like the other night we had one when Adam's doing like this awesome new job, which I, I want to talk about at some point, but really like more aligned with what he wants to do. But we were talking about, he was trying to share like, all right, I think I'm going to take this new position. And something came up because I have like another story that I felt was kind of coming in. I felt like he sh fully wasn't sharing as much because he didn't know how. I'm like, we, we knew there was like these feelings there. I don't know if we fully did the story script right, but we were trying, like we, we tr were trying. Totally. And I, I just want to reiterate, like we're five weeks in, we're so, so we got the story script two weeks ago. We're, we're still like fumbling through it, but um, it does help that we have the support that we have to kind of get through it. And then even just trying, I mean, it makes the other person feel seen, I think. For sure. Fumbling through it is still better than not not yeah. even addressing it. Yeah. Okay. Then one other follow-up from okay. a couple questions ago. You're mentioning no, nothing is too small. There's no such thing as a too small of a argument or <clears throat> issue. How do you get past, I feel like a common thought is that if you're constantly bringing up all of these little things, that gets exhausting. And it feels like we're always addressing this tiny little, you said this and it made me feel that way, as opposed to, yeah, I guess I feel like the natural default is to like let that build into something that's like substantial enough to be brought up. Yeah. How do you get past the quote unquote exhaustion of constantly bringing up little things? Well, I, I think the thought is, because I I feel like we kind of had that same thought and conversation is like, there like won't we, always be all these small things, but we have 36, 29 years of stuff that's been like pent up inside of mm -hmm. us and never had the tools to communicate. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of small things at first yep. because these stories are so deep rooted. I mean, that story about Wally, me having that one little comment was something so deep that I think I'm a burden. The whole anxiety, like me sharing my anxiety is because I feel like it's a burden. Like that's such a, a heavy, deep story that comes in all the time. So the more that we like, every time it comes up, like denounce it and like speak truth into, into each other, the less that's going to keep happening. But at first, when you first start, yeah, there's going to be. It seems a, overwhelming. It yeah. seems like you're doing it all the time. And you're like. Okay, I know do we I have really a story. Need to do it? I'm like, yeah, yeah let's do yeah. it. Yeah. But our therapist even says, like, her and her husband, um, they rarely have to do it anymore because they're just they're so like in sync now. Mm -hmm. Um and But they, they still do. They still do it for sure. And, you know, probably with big things, but it's it's less frequent the more that you do it. And the more that you do it, it gets easier and it just kind of in normal conversation. Yeah. Instead of like getting out the sheet of paper, sitting down and like but I think the sheet of paper is so critical for us now, for us now. Yeah. So it's not like, cause sometimes do you have, I, I feel like for us, sometimes like trying to resolve the situation when you don't have the right help does more harm than good because yeah. following the story script, makes sure that we're saying things more clear and concise. We have a vulnerability feelings 
word bank so that we aren't. I feel rejected. I feel stupid. And it's not like, and even how we approach the situation of bringing it in, a lot of times people will be like, um, it's important that when you're talking about the, whatever story is coming up and what actually happened, that it's like somebody could be filming you could see everything that's happened. Cause a lot of times we'll be like, when I, um, said something about the dog and you, uh, were kind of short with me and distant, it's like, well, you didn't, that you can't really see that, that he was disconnected or something with me. It's really being like, when I said the comment about the dog and you agreed with me, it made me feel these ways. But like, I I think I would try to do my own version of the story script before I had it, but I was not doing it the right way. Hmm. Wouldn't I? I? I was like, oh, I think I've done this before. I try to do this, but he doesn't really respond. It's well, like, you, yeah. you were a lot better than I was. I, totally. I didn't even, I just. But I think it's important to like actually know how to do it. And I feel like we could talk about this like on and on. And, you know, if you guys are like interested of hearing more about um, not just like our relationship, but how to show up in your relationship and just also like how to show up for yourself. I feel like we could have more conversations about what we're learning. We'll have updates. And also like, like I said, very clear that it would be awesome to have our therapist on and I could share, I guess, share her with you guys. So, um, thanks for coming on and doing this with me today. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Happy Valentine's day to you and to everyone out there. Yeah. And we love you guys and we hope you feel loved today and feel seen and safe. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Better Tomorrow is produced by me, Hannah Brown, and Legos Creative. Our producer is Andrew Stalmer. Our show is recorded, engineered, and edited by the Legos Creative team. Remember to follow Better Tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps and shows your support. You can follow me on socials at Hannah Brown, and you can stay updated on all things Better Tomorrow on our Instagram at Better Tomorrow and our TikTok Better Tomorrow podcast. At Capella University. You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.